he's been in brackish water. It probably tastes like pond scum and ass. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stomp Around Monsters podcast. I'm Colin. I'm Zach. I'm Zion. And I'm Leah. And today we're talking about the creature from the Black Lagoon. So, happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. At At the time of posting, anyway, today's... Halloween. Yeah. Today's Halloween. We didn't pre-record this or anything. Fucking weenie. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> Live from Halloween, it's the Stomp Around Monster Podcast. In a pre-recorded fashion. <laughs> Zion, you want to take a second to introduce yourself? Um, sure. I mean, uh, what is there really to say about Zion? Um, hi everyone. My name's Zion. Um, and I am here today to talk to you, the people, about the Black Lagoon. And the creature in it. The creature, yes. There's a creature in that lagoon there. Believe Spoiler it or not. Alert. Spoiler Believe alert. Not. Spoiled this movie from 1954. Son of a Damn, bitch. I'm sorry, guys. Creature from the Black Lagoon. It is, in fact, implying, in the title. Implying the existence of a creature in the lagoon. That is in the lagoon. And Reciting. speaking... Speaking of this movie, guys, the fucking 1950s, the entire pre-movie credits thing really just, uh, it's not (laughs) something, I'm just so glad that we ditched it, honestly. This is just like, I'm sitting here for five minutes, and like, yeah, I'm reading all these people's names, okay, you got me. You have to watch it in order to watch the movie. But then they put them at the end again, so what is the fucking fucking reason for this? (laughs) I think, See, but they didn't put it yeah. at the end this time. Yeah, like, that was... That's my main complaint with all of these movies. Like, all these old movies. And this one's not even as bad as some of, like... like especially Matong- the Godzilla movies. Or, like, Matongo. Matongo. You, we sat at the beginning of Matongo for, like, seven minutes scrolling on the screen. Like, A long credit scene. I, I mean, I kind of like the credits in the front because that way you actually get to recognize... The filmmakers and the yeah, crew, because nobody watches it. credits, you know. No, I like what they right, do, right. like on TV a lot, especially where it's like super fast and you the, can't read them. No, the <laughs> title of the show will be the ending, but before that, like the first minute of the show, down in the corner, it'll pop up while the show's playing, like. Directed by blah blah blah. Oh yeah, four or five cast that's down in the corner while the movie's already playing. So if you care, you can look at it. But if not, it's like, what the fuck's the point? They're gonna play at the end again. Directed by Dick Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, um, huge shout out to the uh, prop master from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. yeah do you want to you want to talk a little bit about that? Because this movie is is pretty important in the. In the history of horror, really, in, yeah. in general, or movies in general, because it this was pretty much, yeah, the first movie that used what would later become pseudomation. Yeah. Pseudomation in its most primitive form. Because this, this predates Godzilla. It's the same year, but it predates Godzilla by a few months. Um, what's the release date on Creature? Do y'all know? 
Um, uh, there are a couple different release dates for this original film. It premiered in Detroit in the U.S. on February 12th of 1954, but it had a full 3D release, even though it only ran for in 3D for about three weeks on March 5th, 1954, and that was all of the U.S., I believe. Right. So it's it still beat it by, you know, eight months, nine months. Uh, be Godzilla, that is, you know. And the the techniques used are a little bit different, but it's it's still the same basic concept of a man in a costume or a person in a costume portraying a creature, a monster. Um, I think some... it's interesting to see how in the same year the same kind of concept of a guy in a monster suit happened on opposite sides of the world. You know, very interesting, but they do go about him a, a, quite a bit differently, you know, right? Because uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon here, Gilman specifically, you know, the costume is much more form-fitting. It's obviously based on a human, right? It's a Gilman, as the name suggests, uh, whereas Godzilla, you know, is, is supposed to be more of a dinosaur. Um, and still has, obviously has a humanoid shape. But has the longer tail, the 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 head is higher, so on and so forth. You know, like I said, he's supposed to. They based him on an eel. If an eel had evolved a couple hundred more years than it did, and then just stunted, so he's supposed to just be an eel with legs that's gotten pretty big, right? And I just thought that it was strange that like because i wasn't really getting that impression like too much i just thought you know initially watching this that it was going to have something to do with the lungfish because they talk about the lungfish right yes they they talk about the lungfish for a good solid three minutes and oddly enough actually and i have in my notes here like during that entire lungfish scene while they're standing in that aquarium, I think that they talk about money at least four times to fund the venture. Like, literally, they just talked about the lungfish for five minutes and then money. You got to do something to fill that runtime. Yeah, and it seems like that's always uh, like, oh, we can't really think of a subplot to this movie. So let's make it about money. Because that seems to be so many of these monster movies oh well financial dispute oh ad time on tv i actually newspaper numbers so this is at the kind of the very beginning this is before the coal uh venture scene it's where they're digging up the fossil right so one of his hands his name is carl or the dude's name carl and it says i've never seen anything like it before and luis goes is it important? That just kind of cracked me up. It just, it just kind of cracked me up. Like I there's sat there, some, I was like, dumb one "Are you for real?" Like, if you saw, if I saw that sticking out of the wall, like I wouldn't be like, "Oh, is that important?" I'd be like, "Hmm, how long has that been there? Is this gonna like come to life once we crack it out of here?" Uh, like I, y'all are archaeologist assistants. You know it's important. Hey. Also, 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 how did the like the webbing on the hands stay intact after all these years? You would think that's the first thing to go since it's just like flaps of skin. Well, I mean, 
was it a fossil or was it like remains? Because it looked like it was like buried. It looks like it like it they was like a grave or something. Fossils, don't they? Because I actually wondered that myself. I was like, because I couldn't get over the fact that it just looked like a plaster hand. Yeah, exactly. But then again, like it's it is a movie. Yeah, no, but, for sure. I, that is probably picking a lot, but I am I'm I'm here to pick, man. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. Uh, and that's the thing about a lot of these movies that I find is that just because they are old and they're classics, you don't have to forgive them for these things. Because I have problems with tons of these movies. But yeah, yeah, you this, definitely, this, you definitely had to forgive. Just to, like, it, dude, it was in the fifties, so like, honestly, uh, they it's a whole different time period. And that's one thing that does kind of amaze me a little bit is like we were talking about earlier, the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. It came out like what the year before fifty three. It's 53, yeah. Yeah, you see, like, just in that short time period of from 1953 to 1954, I feel like there weren't that many stop-motion monster movies after that time period. I think that was just the year that that those kind of practical effects became the standard. Hmm, interesting. Because, I mean, Pseudomation became, like, the standard for monster movies in Japan. And it's not to say that like there weren't at least a few or that stop motion was just completely out the door because it's, I mean, it's still used today, just not as often because it's so hard to do. But that's, that's one thing that makes this movie super important is that it has such a rich history. And uh, I don't think that we have covered something with this rich of a production history since we covered Godzilla though. But yeah, if you want to, we'll get into a little bit of the, history behind this movie before we talk plot so creature from the black lagoon uh was rated g if you guys didn't know it's really strange to me that a horror movie was rated g even back then i mean the majority of the gore in this movie is like a hand that's in rigor mortis yeah that's literally the worst (laughs) thing you see that is it but um has a runtime of one hour and 19 minutes it was released in 1954 on February 12th in Detroit in the U.S. And then it had a full-scale release on March 5th in 1954, distributed by Universal International. And it made, in the box office back then, $1,300,000. Wow. That's, that's crazy. But, yeah, and I've got to say, like... I really wanted to start with Frankenstein, but I this movie had a huge has a huge history behind it. Big ups to Leah for doing all this too, because I've just been super fucking busy and not been able to to pull together the notes for this episode. So thank you for pulling together the notes for our first episode. Let's give Leah a round of applause. Yeah, and again, I guess I do want to apologize for not being here for the last episode. Uh, some things came up and I wasn't able to be here. So, but I'm back. I'm here. I'm sure none of you had your viewing in on a 3D copy. I did not, unfortunately. Sorry. No, yeah, I... I didn't either. I don't think I've ever even seen one for sale. Can I just say quickly? I didn't even know they had 3D in in the 50s. It's black well, and white too. Yeah, and it it was um, do that. So it was filmed in what they call 3D, and it's basically 2D, but like 
lines and like shadows kind of bounce off because it is in black and white so they kind of just look a little bit more pronounced it's you they make it by polarizing the light of the film and that causes the 3d effect and instead of the blue and red glasses it was a pair of glasses with gray lenses Hmm. yeah but when it, the movie was re-released in theaters in 1970, I'm not sure if it was 1974 or 1975, but using the red and blue 3D. And when the movie had a widespread uh, VHS release in 1980, it was that enhanced red and blue 3D color film that was widely produced that I do not own a copy of. I've only ever seen this movie in black and white. But by the way, you can watch this right now for free with ads on Peacock. That's how I actually watched this it. This is true. That's how I watched it. I have yeah. Peacock. Like right now in the month of October, if there's a horror movie you want to watch really bad, chances are it's probably streaming on something. Yeah, YouTube even. I got an ad while I was watching just YouTube videos today. It has a huge playlist of free with ad horror movies. Man, the uh, streaming system is really just providing. It really is. Almost everything I look up to watch, I can find on something. Even if it's just one thing. Like, this was only available on Peacock. Matango was only available on Tubi. Well, I wasn't on the episode, but I I watched it on uh, Internet Archive. Not sponsored, but uh, Comcast uh, Xfinity. You know, if you want to sponsor me, hey. <laughs> hit me up, fam. No, nah, we up. we don't we don't got Xfinity Comcast. We got Raid Shadow Legends, though. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode has been sponsored by World of Tanks, <laughs> Raycons, NordVPN, NordVPN, NordVPN. So simply um, safe. I know I Sim. I know a little bit about like the suit and stuff. Some of the stuff I had to look up, but a lot of it was just stuff that I know, I guess. I'm genuinely I'm curious. What was it made out of? Um I'm not exactly sure what the final two suits were made of for the first movie but I know they tried to make a suit out of plaster and obviously that didn't work and they tried to make a suit that was like heavily heavily stitched with like thick nylon and it didn't work it looks it looks like rubber almost like all I know is that the underwater suit especially is very Sorry. is very rigid. <clears throat> so whatever they used, it is not mobile at all. Like we so you know, there's two different suits. One was uh the above water and one was the underwater. Underwater was played by Rico Browning and above water was played by Ben Chapman. And all of the scenes involving Ben above water were filmed in California on the Universal lot. And uh, 
all the underwater scenes were in a beautiful swampy lagoon in Florida. Ooh, yeehaw. Yeah. It's really pretty. I wish, like, the lagoon specifically wasn't in black and white. Because it's a stunning place. Like, if you can Is it actually black, or is it, like, the blue water? Um, I mean, it's dark, swampy-looking Florida water. Yeah. Oh. Like, you can see in certain shots when they're underwater, like, it's just mounds of seaweed and dust. I did notice it was really, really dusty down there. Like... Yeah, and they were in a enclosed tank for a lot of the scenes, so they added a bunch of stuff to the water to liven things up. Like, you'll notice in a couple scenes, there's just the same log, but in different places. The seaweed, dude. The, the 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 underwater floor was very vibrant, lively. I loved all the schools of fish that they would just like cut away to. Yeah, yeah. that was really good. I I also liked the uh, the tiger shark. Shout out to the tiger sharks and the aquarium scene. I thought those were nurse sharks, weren't they? Are they nurse sharks? I think they're nurse sharks. Mm. Well, shout out spray. to the sharks. Yeah, and the single oh. The okay, one the, single okay. Am I the, am I not the only one that noticed the stingray that was like trying to peek through the cracks between people? Yeah, he was trying to yeah. get his airtime. You can see him wave behind the scientists. Stop talking about funding and talk about me. Exactly. He wanted but, to be noticed. <laughs> but I I love the suit. I love how it looks, and I love what they were able to do with so little, like. There's not a whole lot to it. There's no air tank, no like specialized eye holes. Like there's no malfunction. All he yeah, you had... can kind of. Sorry, what? You can kind of tell, like when he's walking around, he's just like, I don't really know where to walk. Like, can he see through it? He would have no. to, right? Well, not really. Like the above so, ground. If you see his eyes, they're kind of bulbous, but on the well, his iris and retina and all that, that tiny, if you really look at his eyes, just that tiny pupil is what he can see out of, and it's about an inch. So, oh, no. Yeah, they bumped into things, they slammed into the bottom of the lagoon, they slammed into the sides of the tank. Like, um, when the gill man is carrying Kay through the cave after he's grabbed her, um, I know in not all edits you can see it, but I know that you can, if you look it up on YouTube and stuff, but he accidentally slams her head into the side of the cave and it scraped her forehead like she didn't get super hurt or anything but yeah the not visible at all that's funny that is funny but not if you're her no or or if you're playing gilman it's not it's not fun that had to Close suck back. so bad because like and, and like everybody says that 
they enjoyed filming this, right? Yeah, everything I've seen is everyone thinks this film was, if not the greatest film they were ever a part of, but one of the greatest, and everyone was super happy on the set. No one got super hurt. Like, the scraped forehead is about as bad an injury as I've been able to read. So I think it was a very pleasant set. Everyone always says really fond memories of it when you see interviews or articles with any of these people involved. Except for the fact that the underwater suit diver just had to hold his breath. For four minutes. For four minutes. Up to four minutes. Still don't know how he didn't die. Honestly. He was like an Olympic diver or something, wasn't he? Uh, Everything I've read has said that Rico Browning was like Olympic levels of lung capacity. Not was, is. Is. He still is. He's the only person involved in this production that is still currently alive. On Halloween 2021. Wow. So, so everyone. So if you guys want to, we'll go ahead and roll into the plot and just, just talk about the the movie a little bit. Yeah. Man. Again, we have the long fucking intro, which is standard of pretty much every monster movie from like what maybe mid 70s back yeah that that intro is just a lot to put up with <laughs> oh but uh yeah after that you're introduced to uh your cast uh that I can't remember <laughs> you're going to have to you're going to have to take over for that one okay so our main cast and I couldn't find everyone, which was kind of disappointing. But, of course, we have our four scientists, uh, especially Dr. David Reed, who is the love interest of Kay Lawrence. And uh, also Dr. Mark Williams, who is, he swaps between a likable and kind of annoying guy throughout the film. And, of course, we have Captain Lucas. Oh, he's my favorite. I love him. And uh, I can't find any of the archaeologist helpers or uh, the boat crew who the actors are. But then we have Ben Chapman, who is the on-land gill man, and Rico Browning, who is the underwater gill man. I have uh, so while I was sitting through the, the uh, beginning credits, I uh, I was just noticing some of the names. I actually wrote down some that caught my attention. I have no idea who they are, but they're going to get a shout out anyways. I might uh, be able An- to tell you. Antonio Moreno. He and, is a scientist. He's the oh leader, yeah, I believe. And then Nestor, uh, what is that? Nestor Paiva. That is your Captain Lucas. Oh my god, he's my favorite. Yes. He had such beautiful character development the entire time. And he was always so jolly, just ha 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 ha. Let's just drop this powdered <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. I I have this in my notes. It says <clears throat> Hold on, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to find it. Hold on. There we go. Oh, okay. He goes, yes, gentlemen, sprinkle this inside the river, 
and the fish will be drunk. <laughs> That's to the scene the next morning. It's just the lagoon filled with dead fish, just like floating yeah. bellies it up. Just me, like... It really reminded me of that scene from the Simpsons movie where Homer dips the uh, the bug lantern in the fucking lake and electrocutes all the fish. I was, yes, I was watching that fucking scene and I was like, man, the EPA is going to have a fit. <laughs> where's PETA at? <laughs> yeah, where's PETA <laughs> But uh, at the beginning of this movie, um, you know, it shows uh, where they're, they're trying to dig out uh, a fossil in the Amazon. And uh, it's obviously the Gilman's arm. And this movie is is not shy about the fact that it is a monster movie because within the first like five minutes of the movie, it shows Gilman's arm like coming out of the water. That is something yeah. I love about this movie that Godzilla movies, especially, do not have. You have to wait an hour before you even get to see like Godzilla or like his tail or wherever he is holed up sleeping. Like, no, within king. five minutes, we see this man's beautiful, scaly arm. Beautiful. That beautiful hand. See a lot beautiful of that manicure. Hand. Oh, my God. He's got beautiful nails. I wonder how strong they are. Are those acrylic? No, those are, those are, those are just clamp-ons. The fuck they <laughs> Push-ons. They natural. They, <laughs> they natural. <laughs> it looks like he's been doing coke since the fifties, <laughs> like the, the early fifties. But uh, yeah, and then uh, from that point forward, it shows uh, what what is the old doctor's name? I don't know. I'm horrible with names in these movies. I don't know. I didn't like him that that much. Well, he's though. not that really that important of a character, but he goes and uh, he travels to Brazil, where the rest of the cast is, to invite them to his uh, dig site on the Amazon, and uh, that's where you get introduced to uh, everybody: uh, David, Mark, and K. K. And uh, yeah, they decide that they're gonna go with him. To try and find this this fossil, this arm of the the creature that is supposedly the the missing link between fish and man. It I don't think it ever explicitly says that, but like that's what it's heavily implied upon. Well, um, I think this movie, and I'm not sure. This is just a theory, but at the beginning of the movie, where they're talking about the origin of the earth they pull from creation as well as evolution so i'm wondering if this is like its own earth timeline or something bro they... like where evolution didn't work the way we thought it did it started off very biblical and then got really sciencey and i was like "Ooh, this is spicy i like this exactly it up. I, I was because i i've probably not seen this movie in about 10 years or more and I couldn't remember because, like, most of these movies, like them or you know, a lot of the Godzilla movies, especially the American cuts of these films, will add a thing where there's like a guy, like a narrator, that comes on and it's like, in the atomic age, blah 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 blah. And uh, for some reason, I didn't remember this movie having one of those, even though I should have fully expected it to have one. But like you're saying, I, 
I think that they tried to kind of sprinkle some aspects of like how this movie was even written into the actual movie itself. And that was that, uh, there, uh, who, who was it? Was it the director or the producer? Was at a party? Okay. So do y'all know how this movie even like came into be and what this story is or based on or anything? No, I don't. So when you're watching the beginning credits, you'll see William Allen, who is the producer, but he is also the original creator and he almost never gets credited as such. But he was, you know, obviously in the Hollywood film business and he was at a uh, party for something else that he had been a part of. And one of the guests at the party, who I believe was a screenplay writer, I'm not sure, told him about these, you know, this folklore of fish people in the Amazon and that everyone down there believes in these fish people and they all leave them alone and don't go in the water. And 10 entire years after hearing this story at this party, he decided he was going to write a couple little short stories involving this big fish man. And then (laughs) even longer after that, uh, Maurice Zim picked it up and kind of wrote it into one long cohesive story and then Harry Essex picked it up and wrote a screenplay for it so this movie was like 20 years in the making from conception to when it was finally written into a screenplay that's wild the fact that he sat there for 10 years and stewed on the fact that he wanted to do it really makes me kind of happy. Yeah, birthed something beautiful. It really did. But pushing past the uh, the beginning of this movie where they, you know, they kind of talk on the evolution aspect of this and, you know, how... Because uh, it is, like, mentioned somewhere when they get on the, uh, the, the ship and head down the Amazon with, with Lucas and his crew. He says something about about the Black Lagoon, about how, uh, you know, that there was a legend of, like, a fish person or whatever. But while they're gone, um, both of the uh, archaeologist assistants that are helping, then they're watching over the camp, they both get slaughtered. And uh, that that's oh, about yeah. the extent of the gore in this movie. It's just, like, the, one of them's been dead for a while, and it just shows his hand, like, in rigor mortis. I mean, that dude straight up got his face ripped off. Or it leads it to your imagination that he got his face ripped off. Right. That big, beautiful hand of his just all up on his face. That's what those uh, uh, hair nailing... What is it? Hair Hair nailing skin vitamins. Vitamins get you. (laughs) Pregnancy vitamins? (laughs) Pretty much. Dude's been popping prenatals. Oh my god, this dude must be, like, on a mad roid rage. Can you imagine what his caviar would probably taste like? Oh god, that is awful. (laughs) He's been in brackish water, it probably tastes like pond scum and ass. (laughs) Have you ever caught a fish like that? Like some nasty, scummy pond? Yes. And it's just filled with, like, whatever green sludge is, like, floating on the top of the water. 
So crawfish. Yeah, just that. This <laughs> it pretty would taste like crawfish. I, people were like, "Oh yeah, I eat them crawfish pound at a time." I'm like, "You nasty bitch." <laughs> <laughs> the shit literally crawfish is like five percent meat, ninety five percent mud. <laughs> It is fucking awful. Why are you eating these fucking nasty ass mud filled insects? But that's a that's a whole different tangent. One percent hot. That's how your stomach will feel after you eat a whole pound of the fucking things. You're paying for mostly shell. You probably get like maybe a few grams of meat every fucking. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> We're ranting about about cra- crayfish. Uh. Damn crawl dads. Crawl dads. <laughs> oh crawl tater. Yeah. <laughs> Serve that with the damn cracker. Mm-hmm. Shout shout out to a stale cracker. <laughs> try that on this a cracker. Is, try that on a crack. Put that on a yeah. cracker. Yep. It's not cracker, it's cracker with an A. Oh, fuck. From that point forward, they, uh, it just, uh, you know, shows them they, they've dug for eight days. And I think that's when they decide they're finally going to move down the river. Yeah. And, uh, is it the, is it the David guy? Is that, or Dave? Is that his name? The other scientist? He starts showing. Oh, God. No. That dude is an asshole. Is that Mark? Okay. Yes. That's Mark. Yeah. Dr. Fuck David Mark, dude. He's the one that is with Kay. Okay. And Mark, Dr. Mark Williams is the one who obviously wishes he was with Kay. And that's the thing about this movie, is another thing, is that, like, it's heavily implied on that, and then, you know, the monster is also, like, attracted to her, but it never, like, explicitly says that. I know, what is with that? This movie has no subplot. No. It has no No. subplot. No, no. It's like they started to have a subplot, and then they were like, fuck it. Well, um... Romanticized the monster. Apparently, like, on setting stuff, it was understood... That Gilman was attracted to Kay somehow and wanted her, and that's why he was attacking the men, and why he didn't just immediately rip her to shreds. And uh, Julie Adams, who plays Kay, has said that, uh, she always understood it that he was lonely and could sense that he oh. was a loving, you know, woman. And, is that is that yeah. what the whole scene was where she was uh, on the ship at night and she was just standing there and like Gills was up underneath the water, right? And they were like just kind of like staring at each other. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because so, I noticed that, like and it was really it was kind of like the movie, but it was understood with the crew like that was the plot. Like he's trying to get rid of the guys to get with her because he could sense a caring aura about her, and she could sense a lonely aura about him. Like Julie Adams said at the end of this, she was just really upset because she felt awful that this lonely gill man just gets shot full of fucking holes just because he wanted a little companionship 
and has just sank into the lagoon all by himself when all he wanted was someone to care about him. And I was just not like, even oh, that. So they sad. dug up. They dug up his ancestors, my guy. Exactly. They desecrated, like, their, their, graves. desecrated their graves, and like yeah. he's just standing there watching the whole thing. The last one of them, apparently, and. It's just like it's sad. It, it kind of made me feel bad for Gilman. I'm, I'm, I feel, I feel amiss. I feel bad for him anyway. All these dudes coming into his lagoon that he's been chilling at for probably hundreds of years. Yo, by the way, this dude has a hell of a bachelor pad, dude. This man has the cave with the water feature. He must be a stockbroker. He's <laughs> down there selling little fucking lagoon stocks. He has a little gift shop. Yeah, he's a little gift shop. Come back now, you hear? Huh? Man, what and the these fuck and these quote unquote scientists come in there and just disrupt the whole ecosystem with poison. I thought it was funny as hell. We were watching uh, what was it? MTV Cribs and Rob yep. Zombie had like this creature from the Black Lagoon ashtray or some shit, and he was like, "Yeah, I uh, I saw this creature from the Black Lagoon thing." in Jamaica when I was a kid and I was like five and uh, I went back as an adult and it was still there in front of that shop. So I bought it. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, but yeah, um, it's, they decided to go down the river and uh, that's when they do their little rock excavation. And uh, she decides to jump in this fucking nasty water. Ugh. That reminds me of like every, like, fishing trip to some nasty sludge hole in Georgia oh, where like you go fishing and somebody you're with is like I'm gonna go swimming in that and they jump in the fucking water and you don't want to let them back in your car and it's like four foot deep in the middle yeah maybe like it's just like sludge all the way up to your hip like I wouldn't want to go fucking swimming in that and, and like she just you're not swimming you're mucking I know then, exactly like, I can't I can always think about, like, the fact that, like, isn't there a, like, worm or something that crawls in your dick hole in the Amazon? Uh, oh, like I, I am sure. Like, I don't want to swim in that. I mean, I'm sure you could get that here in America, too, but, like, God. But, uh, yeah, after, uh, after they go downstream, that's where you first really, really get to see, uh, Gilman, and he tries to, uh, to take a picture of him. And uh, it's at that point that uh, Mark wants to stay there. He doesn't give a shit about the fossils anymore. He just wants to stay there and catch Gilman, which is basically the plot from this point forward. Catch the Gilman. Yeah. And that's when they decided to, to uh, drug drug Gilman. Crack. With the <laughs> With crack. And, and this, I'm not exactly 100% sure what that shit even is. It's like some kind of root or something. And he's like, sometimes yeah. I catch fish that way. Yeah, you mean poison fish. So, uh, yeah, it was real smart to eat, isn't it? Exactly. Oh. I'm at, so is that, that like, guy? You know that guy, Captain Lucas, is like taking a snort of that shit every now and again. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. He's definitely taking yeah. toots at the fucking uh, deck space. I love that he's like, yeah, there's poison, and then he dips his entire hand into it. He's like, yeah, have as much as you want. Yeah, and also, then, like, why does he have a whole bucket of it? He has a lot of that shit. Yo, yeah. 
Yeah, they filled the entire stuff. lagoon. Yeah. Yeah, does a lot of a lot of fishing as a side job. He's uh Yeah, you know. they were even they even asked him, they're like, How much of this stuff do you have? And they took him under the deck and he was <laughs> like, Here you go. I was like, Oh my god, this man's peddling this shit. Is he like a salesman? This guy's yeah. like Scarface. This guy yeah. is basically yeah. just coke from his side hustle. Yeah. It makes this it makes the fish drunk. Why do you think he goes up and down the river with that boat of his? Oh damn, he is peddling his wares. What a son of a bitch. Untaxed as well. Undoubtedly. Someone's gonna have to stop that man. That saint of a man. But yeah, the the thing about this movie though is to me, like it's a good movie, it really is, but like it just doesn't really have a whole lot of depth to the plot from, from here to the end of the movie. I mean that they, they have to uh they they do introduce a couple of mechanisms in this movie to make it you know, a, a bit more interesting, like the the drugging, like where they they dump the stuff in there to make him drowsy, and uh, you know, they they catch him, you know, at, at one point, and he gets out and injures one of the other guys, and uh, you know, they uh, inevitably they they end up going back in after him, and he that's where he kills uh, he kills Mark. But yeah, like really, this this movie doesn't really have a whole lot of substance to it, other than it's you know it's got such a great history. I mean, it's to me, it's not bad. It just um, it just seems kind of one note. It's all very by the book. And granted, this is again one of the earlier movies, um, for the genre, so it's very foundational. So it definitely gets a pass in that aspect, but um, it, it doesn't have like a a. a a deep message per se or or anything real profound going on so like with Godzilla um it's it's a creature feature a good one a good one at that but it it doesn't um it doesn't really go above and beyond in that aspect but i don't think it overstates its welcome it's only what an hour long 79 minutes long not a very yeah, long movie hour and a half pretty much it, it, yeah if that you know so it it it, it kind of gets in and gets out it does, you know you have the whole story there and about, you know, pretty, pretty quick. Um, I don't know. I One thing I think one of my gripes, especially like near the end or when Mark dies, right? Like if Mark didn't go in there to like try and fight the gill man, uh, David's ass would have been dead. Yep. Right. And like, they don't even like, oh, thanks for saving my ass, Mark. Even if it was like you know for the money, like nothing. It's like oh, he's fucking dead. Okay, he just floats up to the top of the surface, and that's the last you see of him. Yeah, they didn't even like check on him. I was thinking like, ah, oh, is he is he dead? Is he not? No, he's just fucking dead. We're not gonna say nothing about it though. We didn't even bother picking up his body. We just left it. Hit no him. man's gonna eat him. He deserved what he got though. Yeah, he's being a prick, you know. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, with, with that being said, you know, there's not really a whole lot, uh, a whole lot to talk about plot-wise, so if you guys want, we'll go ahead and get into our final thoughts. So, my thoughts on this movie, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. I'm, I'm, for once, uh, the total outsider of this movie. I've never seen Creature from the Black Lagoon. I just kind of knew of it, right? Um, so I wasn't sure what to expect. 
overall, I gotta say, I did enjoy the movie. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good one. Um, I kind of hit on it a little bit earlier. Um, that it's to me kind of a paint by numbers, uh, you know, creature horror movie, right? But it's one of the first, right? Um, so it it's foundational in that aspect alone. Um, and as, again, it's also the first movie really to use a actor in a costume to portray a monster, um, which would be the basis again for Suitmation. Um, and I guess you'd argue that this is Suitmation. Um, I'm not sure if it has to be with scale or not. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Um, so it's very foundational, very innovative in that aspect alone. Um, you know, plot-wise, it's it's real thin, real real basic. And on one hand, I do kind of like that they don't ham-fist a message. There really isn't one there. Um, but there's not a lot of substance either. They're, they're just looking for a, a gill creature, a, a gill man, then finds one, but it's alive. And then they got to deal with it, or it's trying to deal with them, per se. You know, I thought the acting was good. I think the characters were okay, but very, I guess the best way to put it would just be kind of par for the course. There weren't any real standouts to me, um, but nobody was bad, right, if that makes sense. Nobody was bad, but there were no, like, incredible standouts. Um, I thought everyone was good in it. Um, I really do love the effects with the Gilman. I think the suit is, it looks really good. You know, the way his mouth moves when he's out of the water and everything. Um, it looks pretty convincing. It looks like it's like a fish kind of gasping for air, you know. So I think it's really cool in that aspect alone. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like he's got like an eye on his hand. Because he's always like reaching out of the water with like one hand. But he always knows where everybody's at, right? So he's like, he's somehow looking through there. I don't know. Kind of weird. Well, don't fish have, can't they kind of see in a spherical kind of field of view? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they can. So, so I was wondering if he can send, if he, you know, has those big bulging fish eyes, if he can kind of see like what's around him and what's right above him on land. Possibly. That's a good, that's a, it's a distinct possibility. Um, so there's that. Um, Mark's whole quest to to capture and then kill the the Gill Man, you know, his whole I don't even say like revenge. I guess it's just like he's just trying to get, you know, money or whatever out of it. Yeah, it's like I oh, he's the greedy guy. Um Can I can I add one thing, Zach? Sure. So so you just brought a thought in my head. They did catch the Gill Man, but they did. he was he was so fucking greedy. Yeah. Well they also they had it, right? They had the Gill Man. They had him drugged in a little tank. And then they all went to go do the um, the little extra uh, science bit. In- insert better word there. Study. Um, in like the Gill Man's lair, right? Which, frankly, was kind of stupid. I mean, they already had the Gill Man. They could have just left and then, you know, done the study later, right? Cause, yeah. Right. Yeah. Runtime. Right. David's thing was like, oh, we can't, we can't catch the um. Because at first it's like, oh, you know, we got to get the study done. We got to get the study done. And it's like, no, nah, we can't catch the gill man. We got to get out of here. Okay, David. 
sure, bud. Sure. Sure. You know. Um, but I, I thought it was uh, you know, that was pretty good overall. Um, you know, no no huge gripes, but no huge praises, if that makes sense. I guess I'll I'll give my score probably a I think the last one I gave was like a six out of ten too, but I'm gonna say like a six out of ten for me. And that's not super high. Um, you know, it was entertaining enough, but I, it didn't grab me. I wasn't on the edge of my seat the entire time, but I, I wasn't falling asleep. I, I think it's a pretty good watch. And uh, you know, if you get the chance, I recommend it. But there's some other movies I'd probably recommend before this. You know, if, if you only have to like watch one or two, this is up there. But it's not as a high priority for me, in my opinion. But I, I think it's good. So. I love this movie, obviously. I'm the one who recommended it and decided to write all the crap for it. And I still have a bunch more stuff to tell you guys after our rating. But, um... Yeah. I love the Gill Man. He's one of my favorites. Uh, I love this movie. It's not too long. And that's my problem with a lot of these. They're really long. And 90% of the movie doesn't have the monster. This one does. You know, it cuts back and forth between the humans and him. And the humans and him. It's not human plot. Human plot twist. Human subplot. Human subplot twist. And then like, oh, there's Godzilla walking on a hillside for three seconds. I I would love to see this in 3D one day, the way it's supposed to be seen. But this movie is really high up for me. I can watch this movie all the time. So like a seven, seven and a half from me. That's good. That's good. Um, so this is actually my first time watching The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, it's actually really nice to go back and sort of go through all the older movies that you just haven't ever watched. It's just like lost media to me. You know, it's always nice to stumble upon something that you may or may not have seen and uh, sort of go back and see what it's like to watch, to pretty much produce a movie from the 1950s. Um, I will say that like, Although the plots really cut to the, you know, just cut to the fucking story. There's a monster. Oh, here he is. I really like that aspect. But also, the plot line wasn't very developed, as I would like to say, I guess. Um, But, like, the set of the movie is really good. The props of the movie are very good. Um. There's also uh, the captain, like you were saying. And uh, he actually became my favorite sort of part of the movie because he's just there and he's like, he's funny. Which is always a nice aspect to throw into a monster movie. It just fucking brings you back. little palate cleanser. Yeah, besides the whole long intro thing. And I, I don't really like black and white movies because I can't really focus on them that well. I think I'll give this one a, a solid six, man. I agree with Zach Kepley. Uh, it's uh, this a six. 
Yeah, and just kind of building on what you guys said already. Um, you know, I I really enjoyed this movie. I hadn't seen it in a really long time, so I didn't really remember a whole lot of fine details about it. Um, and just like you said, it's very straight to the point, straight to the core. And there are a lot of things that I, I don't want a whole lot of, of uh, gags and gimmicks with. I want it, you know, to be pretty straight to the point. But with this, you know, it's okay to have a little bit of a, a little bit of extra plot, you know, not necessarily, uh, you know, something this bland per se. Uh, and when I say that, you know, I don't mean that as any disrespect of this movie. It is a classic and I did thoroughly enjoy this movie. But it is pretty bone dry whenever it comes to the plot. There's a monster. We give a reason for why these people are here. You know, they catch the monster. They kill the monster. Killing quotation marks. Um, But yeah, you know, I I do give this movie, you know, pretty high praise just for the fact that it is what it is. And it, uh, it really you know, paved the way for something that became really important in the movie industry. Um, and so, you know, I, I think, you know, it is pretty middle of the road. You know, I don't think it's quite as mediocre as, say, the uh, King of the Monsters cut of Godzilla, which I do believe I gave that a five. I am truly uh, neutral on that film. But I am going to say, uh, i probably give it a... A six and a half you know it, it wasn't you know anything just that, that blew me out of the water and it wasn't anything you know that just bored me to sleep but yeah i think that's that's about all i got for it i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a six and a half um and so with that i know we've got a lot of extra trivia for you guys about creature from the black lagoon for this this is our first annual halloween special and so I'm just going to go ahead and hand it over to Leah. Okay. Uh, where should I start? Just run through them all. And we'll talk a little bit about it. We got to hurry up and start rounding this episode off because we're closing in on an hour and 20 minutes. Which, of course, that'll it's be the, true. It's the length of the movie. You could, you could listen along and watch it. Actually, a little longer then. So, my main, like, big piece of trivia that I haven't already talked about is uh, how truly simple the suit is and how little he had to work with, both Ben and Rico. And so, there are no air tanks. Rico's really holding his breath, sometimes up to four minutes. Um, there is no mobility or things that can move on their own besides the arms and legs, and that's even barely. Um, the eyes can't blink, and that humans inside can barely see out of them. But the suits do have a pump in one of the arms that I'm not sure if they were squeezed or like the guys flexed or something to activate them, but it made the gills move. And if you opened your mouth big enough, you could make 
the mouth of the mask move, but like these guys were really stretching their mouths open. I'm sure you can see in some of the shots. It looks like they just have big gaping fish mouths, but it's really just these guys trying to get the chin of the monster's mask to move. In 1982, John Landis, who, uh, I don't know if you guys know him or anything, but he's the guy who directed Animal House and a bunch of other movies, and he's also the guy who directed Michael Jackson's Thriller music video. He wanted to remake this movie um, with Jack Arnold coming back to direct through Universal, obviously, because they owned the Gilman. But uh, Universal said, no, because we're making Jaw 3D, so we don't want another 3D monster movie from our own department to compete with this movie because Jaws 3D is going to be the best and biggest and greatest Jaws movie of all time. And then it sucked, so we didn't get a remake. Damn. Because of a shitty Jaws movie. You know, I was talking <sighs> to somebody the other day that didn't even know there was more than one Jaws movie. Because there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. But there shouldn't be. And they just progressively get worse. Yeah, it's like aliens. <laughs> yeah. Alien, after the second one, it's over. There, 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 are two are aliens. Two, there are two Aliens movies that matter. Alien and Aliens. Fact. I think I think me, you, and JJ have all talked about that. Yeah, we have. And I think you've all settled on it. Pretty much. I I, I have to agree with you though. I mean, there's only the, the two alien movies. Same same thing as Terminator. Yep, same thing as Terminator. I was just about to say that. They're yeah. beating Terminator into the ground with a hammer though. God. Like, they yeah. did that fucking years ago. I would also arguably say RoboCop, but even RoboCop 2 is not as good as RoboCop 1. No, Ro- RoboCop had one chance, and that was the first one, man. Yeah. It's, see, it's sequelitis. Yeah, it is. Talk, it's like Jurassic Park. They they just progressively get worse. Yeah. Uh, I can stomach the second one, but that's, that's it. First and second one. I only like the first. I'll just pretend it, it just stopped after that. They learned their lesson and nothing ever happened after that. They never but went back. But life so, finds um, a way. So while they were filming this movie, uh, you know, there's a lot of equal underwater and above water scenes. So when they were in Florida, doing the scenes that were involving Rico, uh, when just the, you know, science cast of people were acting and doing their scenes, Rico would just have to stay in the lagoon. There was no ventilation. It's Florida. It's hot. It's muggy. And he couldn't sit down because the suit was only made to propel him while he was swimming. So for all the scenes he wasn't in, he would just chill in the water. It was the only way he could keep cool. And it's not like he could take the suit off. So he would just spend all of his day in the water. And one time he had been 
chilling in the water all day and he really had to go to the bathroom so you know on one side of the river that they're filming is the film set and the cast but on the other side it's just a florida beach and beachgoers would come and go and people fishing and stuff and poor rico and the gill man had to pee really really bad so he ran up on shore to quickly get his suit taken off and when he went to the wrong side of the shore and frightened a mom so badly that she scooped her daughter up in her arms and ran through the woods screaming for someone to call 911 because hmm? <laughs> it was a monster that kind of reminds me of like how uh was it Tomiyuki Tanaka went through, or was it Eiji Tsuburaya that Eiji Tsuburaya uh, that got arrested? He got fucking arrested because they thought he was plotting a terrorist attack when he was walking around taking pictures of all the buildings and talking about how uh, these were gonna crumble and this was gonna fall and all this shit. So they they just arrested him. Well, I think that about does it. Unless you guys have got anything to add, this has been our first uh, our first special. Hell yeah, man been a very good uh a good time talking with you guys about this uh very spectacular film so we we can't wait to have you back again zion uh, thank you for uh joining samp one, only one only one letter in the acronym away from simp you know that i'm simping for samp there you go we need shirts we need that shirts say to say that simp. oh put down the shirt yeah but uh so I think that's about it for right now. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out already, make sure you guys check out our last um, episode. We did uh, Matango, or Attack of the Mushroom People. Check that out if you haven't already. Make sure you hit that follow button on whatever platform you're on. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, make sure to rate, or excuse me, not iTunes, but uh, Apple Podcast. Make sure you rate and review. Uh, leave a comment. That really helps us out. And uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at StompAroundPod. Uh, we post our episode updates and whatnot. And uh, have a happy Halloween. Go eat a bunch of candy. Mm-hmm. Go get a bunch of cavities. On the date of this posting, uh, we will be in Atlanta. Hopefully, I don't get stabbed while I'm there. Uh, yeah, please, don't not. Please. No. Big ups to uh, Sanguis Yuga Bog and Frozen Soul because that's where we're going to be at on Halloween. So, yeah, until next time, bye for now. All right. This is the bleach shirt, and I kept getting it on my nails, so popping through the gloves, so I kept getting bleach on the end of my nails. So, I just do this because you were like, fuck the shirt up, whatever. Tiny bit of hair bleach on the tip of my nails. Burned holes in this fucking shirt. Just throw it away. No, I was gonna have you cut it up for raggies. Okay, please don't try that again ever, either. Please don't. It's a rag shirt. Yeah, a rag shirt, not raggies. No, raggies is an acceptable term. That sounds like like. Like something you use to wipe cum off your stomach after you're done having sex. Like, oh, hand me the raggy. Oh, boy. 
I need the cleanup, Raggy. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stomp Around Monsters podcast. I'm Colin. I'm Zach. I'm Leah. God damn it. <laughs> you were going last. You said third, and I'm sorry. And it just registered for my brain. It's okay. Did we lose Zion? Uh-oh, stinky. Uh-oh, stinky. Whoops. Just in the, it seems like that year alone, like, I mean, uh, are you ripping your vape? Is that what that sound is, Zion? Oh, my God. Oh, it's no. Clip, it's clipping the mic, like, super bad. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to put this away from me across the room. There, it's gone. <laughs> Oh, I'm not like trying to get on to you or anything. No, you're you're fine. You're fine. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs>